welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice. And what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, we explored the powerful mental fitness program created by Shirzad Chamin called Positive Intelligence, or PQ for short. Earlier this week, we launched our first MSPQ cohort to go through the eight-week app-based program together. This opportunity will be offered again later this year, so please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com msflock, to take the updated participation survey that will be posted soon to express your interest in participation in a future cohort, as well as your timing preferences. We'll do our best to make this work for as many people as possible this calendar year. In this episode, we'll listen in on a recent conversation I had with Dr. Susan Peyrovi, where we discussed the connection between mental health and clutter. And she asked me about my annual February clear, since she plans to participate this year, starting today. For our gratitude portion for this episode, I'd like to actually thank Dr. Susan for two key reasons. First, she recently interviewed me about my MS story, and if you're curious and would like to learn more, I'll post the link to that video on our Patreon page, available to all. My second gratitude for Dr. Susan is that she has generously offered you, yes you, as a misunderstood podcast listener, free and 50% off discount codes for her MS Health Virtual Education courses. And so I want to share those with you here today as the best kind of gratitude, a gift that truly keeps on giving. On her virtual MS Health Program website, truemedicinems.com, you can sign up for one free virtual course between now and April 16th using the code MISUNDERSTOOD100 with no spaces or punctuation and it's not case sensitive. There are a limited number of these free codes available, only eight left by my count, so please act quickly to secure your free MS Health Education learning opportunity with a doctor who truly understands and truly cares. Not to worry if the free codes do run out, you can still access one course at 50% off using the code MISUNDERSTOOD50, also with no spaces, punctuation, and it's not case sensitive. Reach out if you have a trouble with the codes. Currently, there are three courses offered virtually. The 12-week Foundations of MS Health course, which begins soon on February 11th, 
the 12-day detox course, which starts on March 18th, and the six-week full gut restoration course that begins on April 15th. Visit the website for more details to learn specifics and to sign up for the course that will help you the most, depending on your unique MS symptoms manifestation, for free or at half cost. Remember, these codes expire on April 16th, and the free course coupon may run out. So if you'd like to access an incredible functional and integrative medicine doctor who actually lives with MS and knows how to help us find our way back to health, Give yourself a gift of knowledge and better health. When I first took her courses at Stanford many years ago, each course session was billed to my insurance. This is an incredible opportunity to learn from the best. I hope you'll take her up on her generous offer and that I'll see you soon in True Medicine MS virtual spaces. Thank you, Dr. Susan, for helping me and so many in our shared MS community learn how to live well with MS. Okay, let's dive into learning about my annual February Clear. First of all, if you're newer to Misunderstood, I recommend listening to episode 27, Clearing as a Strategy to Reduce Feelings of Overwhelm. In that episode, we talked about the most common reasons we experience overwhelm as people living with MS, the research behind the relationship between clutter and overwhelm, and we explored a wide variety of strategies to help us simplify our physical spaces to better clear our mind. I also shared a lot of really cool organizations that are looking for specific items for people in need, because often, especially if there's an emotional connection to an item, it's easier to donate if we know it will be given to someone who needs it more than we do. Before I share more details, let's listen in on my recent conversation about the February Clear with Dr. Susan. Hey, Katie, it's so nice for us to get back together because we always have fun things that we do together. So I'm just excited to talk about the thing we've been wanting to tell everybody about that's going to be life-changing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Let's dive in. Okay. So it's February and you do a thing every year called the February Clear, and um, it has to do with decluttering our homes as part of improving our mental health and so many other aspects of our health. Do you want to tell me more about that? Yeah, I think over the years, I've just realized that when my physical space isn't great, it has a tremendous impact on my overall health and well-being. And when I started doing research for the podcast, I, you know, I learned that there's a really strong correlation between clutter and mental health. And so I don't even now at this point know where I got this idea. So unfortunately I can't give credit where credit's due. Um, but about the last five or six years, I've been doing a February clear. And what that means just briefly is day one, I get rid of one thing, day two, two things all the way up to day 28, 28 things. And that's a total of 406 items. So this is kind of a nice thing that I do every year. Um, just in February where there's not a lot of other things going on for me just to simplify my life. 
Yes. And we're going to tell people how to join and do this with us. So that's the reason for, for today's um, meeting between us. So before we get into the details, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about the mental health impacts of just clutter in our house. I co-facilitate shared medical groups at Stanford for um, patients with mental health issues, anxiety, depression, um, low mood. And one of the things we talk about is the impact of clutter on anxiety, low mood, and depression. And I'll tell you, the week we talk about this, people get fired up. The next week we're on another topic, but they still want to talk about decluttering. And people just really latch on to this concept because we all have clutter, right? We do. Yeah. You know, a funny thing happened. Uh, we went to a friend's house and my son from their kitchen saw that their car was parked in the garage. And he's like, mommy, there's a car in the garage. And I'm like, well, that's what garages are for. He's like, I've never seen a car in a garage. And I'm like, well, that's because we store all our extra things in the garage. Everybody does this. There are um, all these storage companies out there for us to store the stuff we're never going to use. We hope we're going to use it. We hold on to them because we're attached. Yes, we are attached. And um, as listeners of the podcast know, uh, we lost our mother-in-law last year and our three-car garage, full disclosure here, is full of stuff that we have to sort through. And just having all of that extra stuff enter our home this past year has been really, really difficult for us. And you know, much of it, we can't in good conscience because of that connection to it, like you shared, like there's this emotional connection. So we have to take time to kind of sort through everything in order to decide what to get rid of. And that's on top of all the things we already had in our home. So absolutely, there is a correlation between mood and stuff. For sure. And both you and I have undergone this process of debulking, purging. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what you've done and I'll share what I've done? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done so much. And when we moved five years ago, I used that as an opportunity to get rid of a lot. Um, but I would just want to be honest, too, that there's still so many things I'm hanging on to that are long overdue. I still have some of my teaching materials. I left the classroom in 2009. Why am I taking these things with me? And, you know, that in and of itself is a really important, I think, reflection for people to do to kind of better understand that connection, you know? Um, and so what I'm really trying to do this year is focus on things that no longer fit my life today. And since I'm disability retired, all of those things I don't need. And I am finding that getting rid of them is so much easier if I find the right place to give them to where they will actually be put back into the rotation and be used. So that's kind of where I'm at with my decluttering journey. What about you? Yep. So um, maybe about five years ago, we got a travel trailer and we took long trips, like three weeks at a time. And we were in this small space with our three boys and we realized that we actually didn't really need much. We didn't have a lot of clothes with us. We just bought a little bit of groceries because, you know, we had a small kitchen, small fridge. And it was so simple to live that way. I could clean my whole house in 10 minutes. It was fantastic. So when we finally bought a home, we intentionally bought a really small home. Um, we have zero bedrooms. We have one bathroom. My closet is like 
maybe two feet wide. And so we had to do a major purge before we came into this home. And then as we um, unpack boxes, we purged some more. So we got rid of well over 50% of our things. We were also storing a lot of things for other people. So it was really a perfect time to say, we actually can't store this for you any longer. Your four um, fake Christmas trees just need a new home. We're not, you know, it, it's just, you know, we want to help other people, but you know, then that's, that's what, that's why you have no car in your garage because you're storing a lot of other people's stuff too, in addition to your own. And I, there's a few things that I really learned that were, were key, um, for me, uh, once it was hard to get started, but once I started, it got easier. I couldn't stop. I probably overdid it. Sometimes we don't even have enough dishes for our guests because it's like I've overshot, you know? Um, and I remember this one last area in my house that we were trying to pack so that we could finish and move into the new house. And I just couldn't figure out how to get the stuff in. And one of the gentlemen helping us just looked at me and he just shoved everything into a box and he was like, okay, we'll deal with it later. Like I was stuck. I couldn't do it because I, I had too much emotional attachment, but living in a small house has been the best thing for my mental health. My kitchen, everything's two steps away. I only have the clothes that I need. Um, and we're very intentional about what we bring into the home. I tell people no gifts, please. If you really want to get me a gift, bring me a plant from your garden and I'll plant it. And I'll think of you every time I see it. But don't bring me a sweater because I'm not going to remember it and I'll forget. And, it, you know, then it's just a waste, right? I agree. And your story is so inspiring. I'm wondering if you could share just a little bit about how that downsizing impacted your family, too, because you've shared with me a little bit about how it simplified your kids' lives. And I, I think just looking at it from that perspective is, is really, really cool. Do you mind sharing? Sure. I mean, at the time when we moved here, my kids were four seven and 10, three boys. And we decided that we could not have a bunch of toys. And so we kept the most important ones, the Legos and the magnetiles and everything else had to go. We didn't need a bunch of stuffed animals. And we decided we would buy outside toys for them so that they could be outside in nature. We intentionally moved to a place that there's a lot of just, it's, it's more rural. So that was something we had to solve for. Um, and we don't have our own separate spaces. We kind of co-sleep. We are very mindful about how we all use the bathroom together. Um, it's, it's very cozy, I will say. Um, but it makes like, look at the, the, um, the shelves behind me. It takes a lot of work to keep it like this because people want to just drop stuff. So we've trained ourselves not to bring anything extra into the house and everything's is supposed to have its own place. It's not perfect. Wow. Incredible. So let's talk about people who don't know where to start, right? I mean, the, the structure of the February clear is so easy because day one, it's just one thing, but do you have some strategies that kind of help people kind of decide where to start and how to tackle this, what can seem like a very overwhelming and monumental task? There's no wrong place to start. You can maybe start with a junk drawer in the kitchen. For me personally, I'm very methodical in certain things. I start from one corner of the house. Like I'll say, I'm going to do one shelf a day. It takes just a few minutes. So I move physically throughout the house. 
That's funny. I do that. I do that too. And I set a timer. Um, I set a timer and I say, you know, I really don't want to do this. It's not something I'm looking forward to, but I know I'll feel better, even if I just put a little bit of effort toward it each day. And so sometimes I'll set a timer for just like eight minutes if 10 feels like too much. And it's pretty amazing how much you can get done, even in that short period of time. Because if you have a timer, then you have a time limit and you got to just get it done. So it sort of cuts out the indecisiveness right? You're like, this is just what I got to do. This is the work in front of me five minutes and I'm done. So five to 10 minutes, I think is just about the right time, but everybody can figure out, you know, what works for them. What else? I love too, how you said, when you start to clear it almost, it's this, like it propels you forward and you, you get so excited. You actually start feeling lighter. Um, and so, you know, once, if you can just do a couple of days to get the ball rolling, I, I think beyond that, you're just going to get like we are. So, you know, drawn up with the excitement and just how good it feels to let go of things. For sure. I I think that lightness you talk about is for real. Like all of a sudden I feel like I can breathe better. Like when I clean out the back of my car where I'm like, oh my gosh, how was I driving around like this? Right. It's embarrassing. So yeah. So the, so it's part of just like paying attention to how you feel. Right. And as things shift in your environment, things shift in your mind and body as well. So this, I love decluttering because it's something that's free. We can all do it. And it always leads to better mental health and just more comfort in our space. Um, and then, uh, you know, I always think about like Marie Kondo, like I've watched one or two episodes of her series and, you know, she says like, pull everything out of your closet you know, organize what you want. This goes to the donation place. This goes to the trash. And then this goes to your, to your back into your closet. So I like that idea of pulling stuff out and then just putting back what you're going to keep. Do you do it that way as well? Or I do, especially for my closet, um, because it's so interesting every year, my closet organization ends up a little different depending on what I actually have. So that I absolutely, absolutely do that. The other thing that really helped me was a quote I saw somewhere that, um, was very simple, but it says, love people use things, you know? And I just thought, oh my gosh, here, you know, I want to focus on loving people and using things. I don't need to love things. There are very few things now that are really, really important to me. And usually they're, you know, something that was my grandmother's or something like that. Um, and those things are okay and great to keep. Um, but you know, just things are there for us to use and people are there for us to love. So that actually helps me to stay focused on that when I'm going through things and I might feel that emotional tug, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. And something that just came up as you said, that is okay, this is kind of embarrassing, but I actually have all of my perfect attendance certificates from like elementary all the way through high school. I have my like student of the month. And as you were saying that, I was like, I should just take a picture of them if I really love them and throw away the paper. What do you think? Good strategy. Absolutely. Taking pictures of things that, you know, then you can kind of keep an album and go through it and you'll get the same joy, but you won't get the overwhelm from all the stuff. So absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's great strategy, but I bet you I'll never go through the album. I think it's just like this comfort I have that I know it's there, but you're right. Like if I just transferred into digital form, 
that would be great. Actually, what the psychiatrist that I work with um, at Stanford, she has a great strategy. She bought a, a printer that can um, scan multiple pages. So she took all of her notes from med school that she couldn't part with, and she just scanned them. And what happens is that that scanned text is actually searchable. So now rather than having to go through like every page to find the thing you were looking for, you just keyword search it. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you know, there's so many tools out there. A, a good friend just told me the other day, she saves all of her daughter's art for the whole school year. And it, by the end of the year, it's this huge portfolio, but there's actually a company that now she sends it to, they make high quality images of all the artwork and send it teeny little book for her daughter. And you know, that's pretty amazing. You, you're going to keep one little book for a year and all of that other big bulky stuff is gone. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot of tools out there. It's pretty amazing what we can do. Yeah. yeah. I'm keeping like a big, one of these plastic tubs from Costco, like one for each of my boys. Like every time they bring home something like they're in Mandarin immersion school. So they, they're writing in Chinese and I'm like, this is so amazing. So I keep them. And I have this idea that when they're 18, I'm going to be like, mommy saved all your stuff. Here you go. And then they're going to be looking at me like, I don't want this stuff. Right. And I, that was my idea. And then, um, a friend of mine whose kids just went off to college, she said, I gave them all their stuff I saved and they didn't want it. I was like, my suspicion was right. Yep. So yeah, thinking about what can we digitize? What can we let go of? Um, and then um, what are there any other strategies that come to mind? I think just slow and consistent right? And, you know, don't force yourself to get rid of something you're not ready for, but just really, really think, have an honest conversation with yourself. And then, like I mentioned before, I find it so much easier when I make sure things are going to a place where someone will really, really use it and appreciate it. And so if you have an emotional attachment to things like I'm talking about, you know, look up some of the places that you can donate. For example, there's a wonderful organization for bras that give bras to women in countries who don't have access. Mm -hmm. And, you know, bras are really expensive, but I don't mind boxing up 15 of them and sending them off to an organization like that. So there is an earlier misunderstood episode that you can post along with this that has all of those ideas. Um, there's another one for shoes, for example, that just gives them to people who need them most. And so if it's an emotional attachment and you're just struggling with getting rid of things, finding a source, that matters to you really, really helps. Absolutely. And now that a lot of us are working from home and we don't need our business clothes, not that I ever wore business clothes, but um, there are places, uh, there's one called like wardrobe for opportunity. There's a lot of places you can send off clothes like that so that other people who need those clothes to go to a job, um, go to a job interview can have them and look very nice and presentable. So always when I have an emotional attachment to something, and when I think about, oh, this will just go to somebody else who will appreciate it and it'll be new to them. I can let go of it a lot easier. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I want to say is I think it's nice to have a lot of drawer organizers and I've never gotten so fancy where I bought drawer organizers, but like those boxes from Amazon that come, those are great. Like a little one for like push pins, uh, another one for rubber bands. Like I just stick those in a drawer and that helps a lot. That is, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think an old mistake I used to make is I would buy organizers before I knew 
what needed to fit in them. And, you know, what I did last time is I just pared everything down. I said, okay, now I have, you know, 10 pairs of socks. Well, it didn't even take up a whole drawer like it used to. And so I didn't need a whole big sock organizer. Right. And so just instead of putting the cart before the horse, really decide what you're going to keep and then figure out your organizational strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you buy an organizer that you don't use, you've now created clutter. Right. You have to get rid of next, next February. So <laughs> Uh, one other thing that I learned from an interior designer on YouTube, um, if I find the video, I'll put it on, but she was talking about keeping your house tidy and having drop zones. And I was like, yes, that's what I need is a drop zone because these are places in your house where people naturally drop stuff right. As you enter the door somewhere in the kitchen, in the bedroom. So, um, I've now just put out again, nothing fancy, but those plastic tubs you get from Costco, there's one by the front door, all the backpacks go in there. They are not allowed to be outside of that space. I deduct video game time for that. Um, so yeah, the drop zone thing has helped. Um, and like you said, I waited until I realized what I needed before I bought like a nicer basket. That wasn't from Costco. That's plastic. (laughs) Very good. So back to the February clear, I just want to mention a couple more specifics. So it's really great to do with a friend and send a snapshot of what you're getting rid of every day. Um, It can be really, really, really motivating to do that. And so we're going to be doing that in the true medicine space. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and what that will look like? Sure. So the people who are already part of our programs, um, we have online forums where we get to communicate with each other anytime. And so we're challenging each other to keep up with the February clear. So one on day one, two on day two, and et cetera. We're going to post pictures. And I think it'll be pretty amazing to see how much that, um, that it can accumulate. And so I'm also going to post on our social media on Instagram, Facebook, um, and YouTube, people can, you know, tell us how it's going for them too. But if you can buddy up with somebody, it's way more fun. And if you don't have a buddy, just do it with us, just, you know, comment and show us pictures of what you're doing. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this and it's past the first, don't think, oh my gosh, I've already missed it. I can't start now. You absolutely can. And you can start in any way that works for you. You can just start on, even if it's day five, start on day one or start on day five with five items and then try to, to catch up. It's, you know, it's really, um, even though there's a little bit of a competitive idea behind it. It really is a personal journey. And the idea is just to get rid of as much as you can in one month's time. Often I find I far exceed the 406 items and it's really exciting. So I like to kind of push the envelope each year and get a little more out, but you know, take it easy. Maybe that's not going to work for you. Maybe that feels excessive and you just shoot for another number like 200. It's really up to you. Yeah. And you know, it's, there's no rule here. The point is just to get rid of stuff. If you join on February 27th, like maybe you just start in March and you do it in March, you know, like who cares, just do it and send us a picture. Cause we really want to see. Great. I can't wait. I'm excited. I am too. And I'm, I purge all the time. I'm curious to see how much more I can push this. So yeah. And, and, uh, I'm doing it with the whole family. So, um, I want them to learn that we do not hold on to things. We love people. We use things. 
Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much for um, putting this on my radar. And I'm so excited to see how it goes. Can't wait. Here we go. All right. I hope you enjoyed listening into our conversation. Do you want to participate in the February Clear? I hope you will. It's such a great gift we can give ourselves while also helping others. And while this seems like a little thing, it really adds up over time and you can expect to feel significantly better by the end of the month. You can participate by replying and posting your daily photos on True Medicine MS social media posts about the clear on Facebook or Instagram. Current participants of TrueMedicineMS.com courses can also post their pictures in the Mind Body Forum. Through the daily sharing of our February Clear donation progress, we will inspire each other to keep going. Or you can do the February Clear on your own or with a friend. Whatever you choose, I wish you a more serene space at the end of February and increased peace of mind through active daily decluttering. If you'd like to watch a video of my conversation with Dr. Susan in its entirety, you can visit the link I'll post on our Patreon page available to all. I hope that by listening to this episode, we all, one, understand that the feelings of overwhelm, depression, and anxiety, which run rampant in our MS community, are very strongly aligned with having too much stuff. Two, that we consider giving ourselves the gift of increased peace and serenity by engaging in the February Clear this month to clear out our spaces of a minimum of 406 items, one day at a time. And three, that we remember that habit change requires consistent effort over time, and it is significantly easier when we have a team of committed folks working alongside us on the same goals. Our next Misunderstood Flock meeting will be Saturday, February 4th. Yes, that is this Saturday. At our Flock meeting, we'll discuss the episodes released this month and spend time together celebrating recent wins and supporting one another with current hardships and our ongoing health goals. If you're not yet a Flock member but would like to be, please join us. We are all people living with MS that meet via Zoom monthly to support each other and continue our learning on the episode topics. You can learn more and join us by visiting patreon.com slash msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with MS-related questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another, and honking our encouragement. As always, thank you for listening, and until next time, be well. Ah.